0: Welcome to Ordinary People, Extraordinary Connections, a podcast all about helping you comfortably connect with others in any situation. Hosted by Leanne and John, this podcast is proudly brought to you by Fortitude at Work. Fortitudeatwork.com.au Welcome to Ordinary People,
1: Extraordinary Connections. I'm Leanne. Hi, I'm John. You're still John, are you, Johnny? I am. That's good. Good on you. All right. So we've got an exciting episode today, don't we?
2: They're all exciting. Every one of them.
1: They are all exciting. And perhaps before we even describe what the episode is about, Mm. just indulge me. Let me recount a little story on an awakening I've had, so to speak.
2: Good. Go for it.
1: I've had quite a hectic week. Yep. We come in here on a Wednesday, don't we, usually? Perhaps Mm -hmm. I shouldn't give that away on a podcast. But we come here on a Wednesday and record our episodes. Mm -hmm. I have to say over the last five days, I've had quite a hectic, tumultuous, that's a big word for me, tumultuous um, time up and down with a whole variety of things. And as I was coming out of our lift today, I was thinking to myself, oh my goodness, I've been over here and there's been... Lots of whirlwind chaos happening around me. I've been in this office over here and there's been chaotic episodes happening there. And I've been, you know, out at other activities and there's been turmoil and upset and things happening there. And I thought, how unusual that wherever I've been, Mm -hmm. there's been this chaos this week. And then it dawned on me. What's the common factor amongst all of them?
2: That was my eyebrows going up. You didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah, go on.
1: What do you think was what? the common element? Chaos. I was the common element, oh, wasn't yeah. I? All oh, right,
2: so okay, so you were in the middle of all of it, and yeah. you, you've worked out that you, you're the one.
1: So very, that's very likely. I was the chaos causer. Really? Well, I was thinking to myself, "Well, I am the common el- element here," and then I began to beat myself up.
2: Oh, right, so, you so wherever
1: you'd... you go, okay. you cause trouble. Okay. you must be the troublemaker, Leanne, is what I was thinking, which really wasn't terribly self-loving.
2: That was your uh, your head talk. It was, and your uh, and you started to blame yourself or think that you're doing something wrong or there's something wrong with you.
1: Yes, a bit like that Peanuts character. What's his name? Linus. Is he? He's always got that ball of dirt flying around him, mm. um, I was beginning to feel like that. Wherever I went, I was taking my ball of chaos with me. So it wasn't a terribly self-loving thing. So I just thought I'd raise that little ditto because today we are talking about? Love. Self-love.
2: Okay. Good. Yes.
1: Oh. Stay with me, Johnny. Okay. okay? I'm,
2: yeah, I'm, I'm catching up right now. I'm catching up now. <laughs> uh, it's self-love. self-love.
1: Self-love. Okay. So I've got a question for you as we start off. Tell mm. me, John,
2: mm-hmm.
1: what is Self love is it holding your own hand on the beach? Is it staring at yourself, your own reflection in the mirror for you know 15 20 minutes at a time?
2: Is it
3: narcissistic?
1: Buying yourself chocolates,
2: having tickets on yourself,
1: having tickets on yourself, correct?
2: An inflated sense of self or ego that's
1: right. Is it, is it those, is self love anything like the romantic notion of everyday love? That is presented to us in our lives. Is it? Is it, John?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yes and no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on the fence until you've got your point across. Otherwise, I'm scared I'll get it wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's an open question. Feel free to answer me. Oh, okay. Mm. Um,
2: well, uh, one thing I've noticed over the years um, with uh, self-love or self-care is that it's. Uh, it's been integral to my own mental health and I've noticed um, when being present to people that are in pain or from uh, uh, fear or loss um, the the usual anecdote to that um, I've noticed almost always is that they find a self-loving unconditional self-loving place for themselves um, where they uh, forgive themselves and they accept themselves uh, for doing the best with what they knew in the in the moment and, uh, and that's the sort of thing that gives them a, a peace.
1: Okay. So, so if I was to open up the Webster Dictionary and look up self-love, I don't mm. even know if it's listed as a term, but if I was, mm. so it, in your definition it would be being able to forgive yourself and...
2: Accept yourself.
1: And accept yourself.
2: Yep. And to know that you are good enough ah. and that you're doing your best at any given moment.
1: Okay, to know that you're good enough and you're doing your best at any given moment.
2: yeah and and in the process of self-care with self-love is to take the time and the energy that's needed to put yourself first um, so that you can um, uh, be available to others. So, but, so, but, but not uh, giving to yourself first is, is giving to yourself first is very important.
1: Yeah, I think we've talked about that at a previous episode, haven't we? Probably. Yeah, he's shaking his head at me. Everybody, yeah, and then saying, or you two
2: that are listening, and then saying yes.
1: <laughs> I'm sure we did the airplane analogy about the whole, you know, put your mask on first before you can um, before you can tend to others. I'm, I think we have in another episode. Mm. But um, yes, so I I agree. Um, yeah. If 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 I were to look it up in the Webster dictionary. It would say, you know, loving yourself means forgiving yourself, Hmm. you know, being okay, being yourself and accepting who you are and knowing that you're doing the best at this point in time. And
2: what was the analogy on the plane?
1: The analogy on the plane is, you know, as they say every time you fly, if the oxygen mask should fall down in front of you, um, make sure you fit your own before fitting the children. So the idea is that, you know, you're able to breathe and thrive. Yeah. And better able to help other people in no, the chairs next to you.
2: No good to anyone else until you're good to you first.
1: Yeah, no good. Okay. You've got to be good to you first. And I would actually throw in a little um, addition to that definition that you've very kindly given us, which is um, that I think being self-loving means it's okay to put yourself on an equal platform to others.
2: hmm To uh, see yourself as no better or worse?
1: Yeah, as no better and no worse. Mm. And I actually think, and I think this is what I've seen quite a bit in the last couple of weeks, which is why I'm a bit more sensitive to this, is I've seen um, lots of examples lately of people who um, have either um, not been able to accept a compliment Mm -hmm. uh, and not been able to um, uh, be assertive over, you know, regarding their own... Uh, needs or rights because perhaps they felt not worthy. You Mm. know, if we've really dug deep, they felt not worthy. Or um, trying to position themselves as better than others, maybe again because they don't actually really feel worthy. Yeah,
2: so they they overcompensate by by putting up a a shield or a a barrier that says um, I'm actually fearful that I'm not good enough. Yeah. And the way that I... Manage that is to put up a, a very, uh, an armor. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that says, yeah. I, that, that says I'm better than everyone else when in fact it comes from a fear of,
1: yeah. And how ironic mm. that people who, um, are unable to, um, assert their own needs mm. as being equal to others. Yeah. And those who assert their needs as being greater than others actually come from the same motivation point. They do. Isn't that, isn't that interesting?
2: It's both fear. It's yeah, it's fear. It's fear, mm.
1: it's fear and, and it's, um, it, it's perhaps not, ever not feeling good enough somewhere yeah. along the line. Yeah,
2: Dr. Wayne Dyer, um, in one of his books, I can't remember which one, he, he boiled it all the way down to that, that uh, love and fear were the, the polar opposites of each other. Yeah. Um, so when you're in fear, um, you know, you're not in a loving space for yourself or anyone else. Yeah. And when, you're, uh, when you have love... Then you're accepting and uh, and available to yourself and everyone else. Yeah. And the the clue is uh, not feeling good. Yeah. So if you ever not feeling good, it doesn't take long to attach that or find the uh, the foundation of that is fear. Yeah. And when you're feeling good, um, it doesn't take long to attach that or find the foundation of that is, is around love for yourself and yeah. others. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, that that's absolutely true. Absolutely true, and. um, I guess you know I've I've caught myself over the last few weeks where I've been in the company of people who perhaps haven't been um who haven't behaved as I might have expected them mm. to behave and I've caught myself thinking wow you know like where does this behavior come from because when I look at you as a human being I think you're beautiful mm. and why don't you see that? Because when I when I see behaviour that perhaps might be um, not as I was expecting, hmm. you know, um, then the first thing I catch myself thinking nowadays is, what's what's wrong? Like, what's upsetting you? What's driving this kind of yeah. uncomfortable behaviour? Yeah. And and I feel kind of sad for yeah. that person that they don't have that. Inner love and it, not having that manifests itself yeah. as bad behavior. So that could be being rude to others. It could be anger. Anger, yeah, yeah, anger. It could be spiteful behavior. It could be
2: withdrawing as well.
1: Yeah, withdrawing, silence. It could be surrender. Yep.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, any of those things are usually, I think, a sign that this person doesn't have a healthy, positive regard for self yeah. at that point in time. Yeah,
2: they're living uh, closer to fear than they are to love. Yeah. yeah.
1: And do you think we ebb, or well, you've already said it actually, we do, we ebb in and out of love for self.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, we're... Uh if you consider that we're a, um, a combination of, of everything that we've ever seen or heard or experienced, mm. and we're also at the mercy of our uh, DNA, our genetics, our chemical makeup, right? Um, then it makes us pretty complicated beings. Yeah. Um, and to operate in the world, we find this um, this level of um, a, a livable level that we get through each day. Mm. Um, but that does, it ebbs and flows. It go, you go into periods of fear and um, and, and unhappiness and sadness and loss. And then you also then go into the other side where you have excitement and um, uh, and, and happiness and joy and bliss. Yeah. And it goes up and down and up and down. And uh, the closest someone explained to me uh, around a bipolar at one point was that it was like this, um, this pendulum swinging into um, uh, all of this excitement and all of this... Um, uh, euphoria and uh, being able to take on the world and do anything and then swinging all the way to the other end where you're useless, worthless, hopeless, yeah. no value. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that cycle or that, that swing is, is exhausting Yeah. for them, um, whereas the rest of the world on the spectrum is heading towards more the centre.
1: Yeah, that's true. But
2: never totally centred. Yeah. Because you'll always ebb into fear and you'll ebb into, back into love and fear Yeah. And, love. and it's just the... If you imagine the the wave that I'm doing with my hand now, uh, you want that to to be not as extreme. Yeah. To be closer to the centre.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that comes back to something that I think we've already decided we're going to talk about next week, which Mm. is mindfulness Mm. and about being aware. And um, I certainly had an example of that this morning. I got up super, super, super duper early to go to a meeting and then I got caught Um, responding to and sending emails before I actually got into my car and found myself going to the meeting thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be late. Mm. And went to mindfulness and going, well, right at this point in time, I'm actually not late, Mm -hmm. um, so I'm okay and I'm safe and I'm all right. But had to catch myself because I had very quickly gone to typical you, Get up early and you still can't get there on time. Yeah, all that negative talk started
2: yeah. to come in. Yeah.
1: But I didn't stay in the negative, mm. so I caught myself fairly quickly. So as you were gesturing with the waves mm. up and down, which is great for a podcast, mm. um, with the waves up and down, my wave was a ripple. Yeah. Not a wave. Yeah. Um, because I had that opportunity to go, hang on a second.
3: Yeah.
1: You've actually done a couple of other positive things this morning. mm May not have contributed to the point that you're in now, but even if you walk in late to this meeting, you're actually still a good human being. And yeah. I actually physically said that to myself this morning: "You're a good human being."
2: That's it. And and as we'll we'll talk about in the um, podcast on um, mindfulness, uh, it's about uh, creating that gap uh, yeah. between the thought and the feeling. Mm. So if you have the thought and then the feeling uh, with mindfulness, uh, and we'll talk about the next podcast. Like I said, will we'll help. Uh, help you find that gap. Mm. And and you had that gap, right? Which yeah, all, I had which a gap. All, which allowed you to go, hang on a second. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hang on a second. Yeah. Walk in late, but know you're still a good human being. That's it. That's it. And that's exactly where I went. And yeah, the ripple, it was a ripple, not a wave. Yeah.
0: You're listening to Ordinary People, Extraordinary Connections. Do you want to spread the word in your workplace, community, team or school? We're available to speak at your event or deliver customised training. Visit fortitudeatwork.com.au for more info.
2: So, what, so my question then is... Um, uh, oh, you're I, going on? to
0: question me too. Yeah, Yeah, I thought one. Ooh, uh, okay.
2: well, so um, what is happiness?
1: Oh, the first time you go to question me, you ask me such a big question. Yeah. What yeah. is happiness? Yeah,
2: because uh, I'm guessing uh, in the top few... Answers to anyone that is asked, "What do you want out of life? What do you mm-hmm. hope for out of life?" Is I want to be happy. Is it a realistic expectation?
1: Well, actually, I, I think it is, uh, provided that we um, understand that it's it's an emotion like any other emotion. So, um, I don't I don't think it's realistic to expect to live. In a happy world all the time. Okay. I think it's realistic to expect to live in a loving world all the time, provided that that world is or that love is self-love. Okay. Because at the end of the day, the only thing we can control is how we think and feel about ourselves. Okay. We actually can't control how other people think and feel about us. We might influence that in the way that we behave. So if I behave in a way that is extreme with one of my friends and then my friend decides they want to have nothing to do with me for that point in time because I'm a bit over the top, then I can control, I, I I might be able to influence their decision around that if I calm my behaviour down a bit. And maybe they'll want to spend a bit more time with me. But ultimately. Ultimately. Yeah. But but really all I ever, ever, ever can control is my own thinking
2: yep.
1: and my own thoughts. So and to own, me. And your own feelings. And my own feelings. Okay. So to me, the only kind of love that I can ever truly hope to have ownership over. And depend on. And depend on is the love I have for myself.
2: Yeah. Everything else is transient.
1: Yep, everything.
2: Yep, and if you're in a world with uh, 7 billion people or more, um, the expectation that um, everyone else in the world is going to be there for you is unrealistic. Yes. Because they have their own lives, their own journeys, their own paths, their own um, swings, mood swings and that sort of stuff. So really it's your own self-love is the only thing you can depend
1: on. Yes. And it's
2: the one that will get most people through.
1: Yes. And I guess being able to put... Uh, I, I, it ties in with that whole notion of empathy, mm. I think, in terms of being able to put yourself perhaps in the shoes of somebody else or try and imagine what it might might be like for somebody else. Mm. Um, and a concrete example of this is um, where I will wear my black suit yep. to a business event yep. and I've got a couple of people at that business event that I would regularly go to an event with, for example, and then two weeks later we have another business event and it dawns on me that once again I'm going to wear that black suit yep. and I think in my head, oh, you know, they might think, well, oh, gee, she hasn't washed her black suit or be she doesn't have other clothes. Or... And then I take a moment to go, hang on a second, the last time I saw them was two weeks ago.
3: Hmm.
1: Do I remember what they were wearing? And, in fact, I don't. No. I don't remember what they were wearing. Hmm. So what makes me think that they would ever remember that two weeks ago I wore a black suit. Okay.
2: So it's imaginings. Yeah. So you have imaginings and fears around judgment.
1: And, well, well, not even that. It's remembering that we are all too busy looking at ourselves as the star of our own show to be bothered looking at anybody else's show.
2: Okay. And then what if you wore the same clothes every day for three days without actually washing them and going to a meeting?
1: Well, and somebody, somebody somewhere, I think in the U.S. did that experiment. Hmm. Wore the same outfit, Hmm. you know, for what twelve months or something. Nobody noticed.
2: Okay, but what if they did notice?
1: Well, I guess it it depends on your motivation as to why you're doing it. You know, like really, it depends on yeah, Hmm. depends on your purpose, depends on your goal.
2: So if they noticed and they openly judged and they overtly judged and said, "Oh my God, you uh, you're wearing the same clothes three days in a row. What's
1: wrong with you?" Well, yeah, if there was a physical presence like you're smelling.
2: Yeah, so how would you manage that one with self-love?
1: Well, yeah, as long as you're making the decision for yourself and you have your own reasons clear, then it really doesn't matter.
2: What they think. Yeah, it
1: doesn't matter what they think. However, that doesn't negate um, a sense of connection in the world. Hmm. So because I have a level of self-love for myself, that doesn't mean I don't care about other people around me. Okay. So it doesn't give me a licence to be rude, to bully people, to be offensive um, because just because I love myself regardless and if they don't like me they can suck it. Okay. It, it's about, I think,
3: mm.
1: you know, the, the type of people I want to be around are the people who have a healthy love for themselves combined with a healthy love and positive regard for others? Yeah. Um, it's not a license to shoot your mouth off and not care what other people think because that might be offensive to others. It's about knowing that I can speak with confidence because I believe in myself. But I'm still respectful of where others are coming from because not everyone's at the same level of thinking. Okay,
2: so and I think where what I was actually heading towards was, um, if you are judged, and you are, and not about reacting in a in a in a angry way, yeah, but you actually feel hurt, yeah, that people are judging you. Because oh. cause that's where the challenges are with self-love.
1: Yeah, right? abs- yeah I agree. I agree. Yeah,
2: so, the, so the challenge is if your thoughts come in, oh, my God, they're judging me, oh, my God, they're thinking this about yeah. me, um, uh, and, and you go into that self-talk, oh, I'm not good enough, I've done the wrong thing, I'm bad, I'm bad. I'm, I'm no letting good. people down. I'm letting people down, I'm no good. Yeah. Um, how, does, how does someone bring self-love into that?
1: That's a question I was going to ask you. Oh, okay. <laughs> how do we actually foster Mm. Self-love. because I, I think it's, um, it's a skill mm. to be honest, and I think it's a, um, it's something that, that we practice, that we have to practice and, be, and consciously practice every day. Mm. and we have to adopt habits mm. that are self-loving habits.
2: Okay, And every time you are challenged, there's an opportunity. Yeah, And if you sort of go off into a bit of philosophical world here, um, we tend to, I feel we tend to attract those opportunities. So if you have a, a part of you with your, your self-estimation, your self-esteem, where you are challenged about what other people think and are they judging you and, and, and people are going to be letting people down, then you'll keep attracting these opportunities over and over again for you to practice your self-love. So that when that does happen, you go, hang on a second, with your mindfulness, Yeah, I, I am good enough. I am doing my best in this moment. I am a compassionate person. I'm a reasonable person. I'm not murdering anyone. Um, I'm good enough. Yeah. Right? And you start those, um, uh, that, that, that sort of head talk. You replace the head talk. Yeah. With I'm not good enough to I am good enough. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And wasn't it, I think, it, is it, Is it Angela Mao who said that the, uh, I'm sorry, I know I've got the pronunciation incorrect. There's somebody somewhere along the line will correct me, top of my head. Um, But she basically said the situation will never go away until the lesson is learnt.
2: There you go. So it'll come around in circles.
1: Yeah. It will come around in circles. And, in fact, what's even more interesting when we get meta and stand back and look at what's going on and the choices we make As you and I have said so many times, haven't we? It's so interesting how we will put ourselves or create those situations, even at a subconscious level, we create those situations where then we have to face the things that we probably fear the most. That's it.
2: Yeah. We attract our greatest fears. Yeah.
1: We attract our greatest fears so that we might.
2: um, Have an opportunity. Yeah. um, To practice self-love.
1: Yeah, to practice self-love.
2: Because as we said at the beginning of this podcast, it it seems to me and from experience, my personal experience and from from witnessing others, the way people find their way through the pain and into a livable level of of a peaceful existence and a purposeful life is um, the end result is always around unconditional love for self and others. Yes. And to practice that. Yes. That's the, that's the solution to the problem. Yes. And every time you uh, attract something that gives you fear, uh, to be mindful around that and say, rather than this is a bad situation, it's actually an opportunity for me to practice self-love. Yes. And how am I going to do that? Yes. And then when you find the, the, the resources within and you use certain uh, tactics and, and head talk, Yes. And you practice it each time, you get better at it. Yes.
1: Great points. And can I build on that mm. and say that I guess in summary around those points you're raising, Johnny, is that it what is typically the most helpful when you're in a stressful situation. Mm or a, a situation of conflict, or something that's going to cause, or that is causing you anxiety, you be it, it at work or at home. And
2: often you can feel it in and your you body. F- you
1: might feel it in your body, you might stomach, tense up. in you your might,
2: chest, your shoulders. You
1: might feel sick. Yep. So any of those things that are causing you anxiety, a great way to address that situation, the best first step that you can make is ask yourself, what is the best self-loving decision I could make for myself right now. That's it. Because it comes back to the aeroplane analogy. Mm. In a time of conflict, even if you're in conflict with other people
3: Mm.
1: and, you know, the chaos around you, which is what I had, even if you're in that situation, if the very first thing you say is, what is the most self-loving thing I could do for me right now? Yep. If you're able to do that, then suddenly, and you do do that, Mm. then you're able to put the mask on somebody else. Absolutely. But you can't put the mask on somebody else or resolve a situation Mm. if you don't first love yourself Mm. in that situation.
2: So it's a a selfless love of self.
1: Yeah, a selfless love of self. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so let's go back to how do you practice self-love? What what are the things that I could be doing every day? Because if I've come from a, a family, for example, if I've come from a, you know an environmental background where you don't have tickets on yourself mm. and you never accept a compliment, mm-hmm. um, I think I've used an example. I don't think it's survived in any other podcast episodes. Mm. Joey will probably prove me right or wrong along there. But I use. remember I used to cook. You're assuming that she listens to the podcast. <laughs> She's laughing right yeah, now yeah. going, oh, what, what? <laughs> yeah. um, I use an example around cooking. Mm. Um, I lived in a family where my mum spent a lot of time cooking, yep. put food on the table, and every time there would be something not quite right with that meal. And I find myself, I do exactly the same thing now. Sure. I might spend forever, all day cooking, serve it up, be the best meal in the planet.
2: Someone will say, This is amazing, Leanne, and you will go.
1: Oh, I burnt the sauce a bit.
2: Yeah, that's not quite right. Like that yeah. could have been done better. That's that's a bit undercooked, that's a bit overcooked. Yeah. You'll sit there and, and, and go into this huge criticism of why it's just not good enough. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because that's the model that I have mm. around food yeah. on the table. Mm. That's the model that I have. Yeah. So if you've grown up in a family where it's not where self-love, making a self-loving decision is not the norm. Mm. How do you foster that then as an, as an adult, you know, listening to this podcast?
2: Um, uh, maybe uh, affirmations uh, and compliments. So uh, uh, something to practice is that whenever, whenever anyone says anything good about you, uh, to be mindful. Yeah. When it happens, watch yourself not accepting it. And then say thank you.
1: Ah, yes. Just, Ooh, try it on, hey?
2: Just say thank you. Yeah. Um, don't shake your head. Don't say, don't be silly. Don't say, no, of course not, or they're better, or it wasn't good enough. No, notice all that.
1: Just say thank you. Just
2: say thank you. Yeah.
1: Great. Excellent.
2: Uh, also, self affirmations. And I call them I am statements.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so if you have come from an environment in your family where self love wasn't part of that fostering, yeah, and you spent uh, your your early life was spent in a lot of criticism. Uh, the people that were meant to love you unconditionally, no matter what, spent a lot of time judging you and criticizing you, um, and having a, just having a go at yeah. you. Yep. So, you, as a six year old, you came home with that picture. It didn't yep. it didn't go in the fridge; it went in the garbage. Yeah, or if it did go in the fridge, it said, "Yeah, you could do better, but we'll stick it up there." Yep. Everyone will have that different level of yeah. experience around criticism. Yes. Um, so if that's part of who you are now as a, an adult, where you don't accept uh, compliments, yes, and you also don't believe you deserve compliments, yep. then you can put into practice um, I am statements. And that is go and grab all the little conflicts that you hear in your head all the time and swap them out each time. So when you hear yourself say, Uh-huh. I'm running late, I'm no good. You go, actually, I am good enough. I am on time most of the time. Yeah. And that's okay.
1: Yeah. And you know the beauty of that advice is that you can do it in your head and nobody knows. Yeah.
2: There you go.
1: Yeah. Because, you know, it, it takes a hurdle to change habits. Yeah. You know, to change old ways of thinking. Yep. And you can practice that in your head with nobody knowing.
2: Yeah. And you can put in, I am uh, funny. Yep. I am attractive. Um, and when you hear yourself saying, I am fat, or I am short, yeah. or I am stupid, or I am crazy, all those little I am statements. Yep. You know, as we said in another podcast, every time you say that in your head, you're giving it energy, which means it's going to grow. Yep. So you go, oh, there it is. I'm going to swap that out to, I'm actually good looking enough. Um, there's people shorter than me. There's people taller than me. Uh, there's people smarter than me. There's people less smart as I am. Yep. I am smart enough. Yeah, I am good looking enough. Yeah, good. I am tall enough. Yep. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, grab it, notice it, swap it in, practice.
1: Great. Can I can I throw in a couple of oh yeah, absolutely along yeah. the way yeah okay can I tell you a little story first
2: yeah people love stories I oh, know as long as they're interesting
1: okay so when I was a teenager
2: oh this is interesting
1: hanging out yeah when I was a teenager hanging out with um my my bestie my girlfriend. There was a couple of boys that we really liked and we thought, you know, let's let's head off and try and score a couple of ga- g- dates yep. with, with these boys. And I got it into my head that we should send them some roses mm. and then an invitation out on a date. And my friend said to me, oh, my goodness, I could, couldn't could possibly do that because, you know, that would just be the most embarrassing thing um, in the world. I just couldn't do it. And I said to her at the time, what does it matter? In the overall scheme of things, long term, Mm. nobody's going to remember and nobody's going to care. So, you know, when I'm dead and gone and I've got a tombstone in the grave, It's not going to have on it, here lies Liam Faulkner. When she was 17, she sent roses to a boy.
2: Mm, so it took the, the fear out of it.
1: Yeah, nobody's going to know. It's, it's mm. completely insignificant. Mm. So we sent the roses off to the boys and we never got a date. Mm. So it was actually quite embarrassing at the time, I have to say. However, my point is... Crazy boys. <laughs> Thanks, yep. honey. You have to say that. It's in the marriage contract. Yep, I know. Um, my point is things that we often worry and stress about in the short term, um, often become quite insignificant Hmm. over time. And so I find with the wisdom of age nowadays, um, if I'm in a situation that I find uh, I'm feeling uncomfortable or I'm feeling conflicted, Hmm. I'll often say to myself, um, if I were able to to act or behave in a way to resolve this situation, where I knew there was absolutely no judgment mm-hmm. by anybody, there was no negative consequence that would happen mm-hmm. to anybody, myself or anybody else, and it was um, it would feel quite liberating to do. What action would that be that answered those three desires? So there's no judgment no consequence to harm anybody else and was liberating, what would that behaviour look like?
2: If I had no fear.
1: If I have no fear, what would I do? Yep. How would I behave if I had no fear? Mm. I take a moment to think, gee, if I had no fear, I'd probably say this, I'd do this, I'd do that. Yep. I'd, go, I'd go to that level of imagining myself running my own little movie mm. and then I go, you know what, I'm going to give that a try. Mm. because it's a bit like giving a boy roses when I was 17. Mm. Nowadays, nobody cares. So I'm going to try on that behaviour and see and take a risk. Yeah. I'm going to have a go. And I think going to that place and making that decision is often quite a self-loving decision because what it does, it puts my needs at the same level as the other person's needs. And negates the seriousness of the situation because mm. if, I remember the roses. Yeah,
2: there you go. So if you, and, and I was adding this earlier uh, with the I am statements. Yeah. It I am valuable. I am important. Yes. I have a voice.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's right. Add that in. Yeah. The other thing I do to try and practice self-love is I'll often mimic others. Okay. That I believe that have self-loving habits.
2: Oh, you spot them. Yep, spot them. And you watch them and you say, "Yeah, I'd like to be more like that.
1: Yes, I'd like to be more like that. Um, I remember when I was starting out as a corporate trainer, um, when I was learning my craft, somebody said to me at the time, you know, another name for trainer is Thief. What we do is we spend our life collecting stories yeah. that have gone on for ourselves or others so that we can recount those stories to other people and help them learn and move along in life. And that's been a habit that I've kind of kept with me forever. So yeah. what I've done now is I try and take notice of the people that I admire that seem to me to have a good healthy level of love for themselves. Yeah. And I'll think...
2: I'll mimic
1: that. Yeah, I'll mimic that. Yeah. Or if I'm in an uncomfortable situation... Mm that I'm struggling with, I try and imagine what would Mary Jo do yep. if she were me right now yep. because I know she's got self-loving habits. Yep. So if Mary Jo were here, what would she do? And I try and imagine what Mary Jo would do and then I go and choose to do the same. Yeah.
2: That's, that's an excellent – and uh, people with a uh, spirituality or even a religious belief, uh, yeah. those sections of their uh, – uh, there's scriptures that talk about unconditional love, and in particular Jesus. Yeah. Um, uh, and we'll often say, what would Jesus do? Mm. What would Jesus say? And because Jesus um, in his latter years was unconditionally loving of all. Yeah. And and, uh, and and he was the model of that.
1: Yeah. Or Buddha.
2: Or Buddha, absolutely. Yep. So
1: Any sort of religious icon. That's
2: it. So with personal self-caring and self-loving values Yeah. in a situation where it's you're you're being challenged, um, you say to yourself, um, "What would a self-loving person like Sally, like That's Jesus, right. like yeah, would, like Buddha, what would they do? They would, um, they would uh, allow, they would surrender, they would be okay with, yeah, what's happening, and they would see the opportunity in it, yeah, and they would see the gifts in it, and they would love themselves through it, yeah, and trust it,
1: yeah." That's exactly right.
2: Hmm.
1: And do you think um, if you love yourself that you're up yourself?
2: Um, well, as you said earlier, when you're giving examples about those that um, uh, with anger or with uh, um, being nasty, uh, we worked out that anyone who is in an extreme behavior of self-loathing uh, or overly narcissistic yeah. self-importance um, yeah. um, come from the same place. Yeah. So, um, so anyone, uh, anyone who's spending a lot of time trying to big note themselves, they're, they're, they're actually, um, that's exhausting.
1: I, I think people can see through that though, right? People can see that that's not self-love.
2: Um, yeah, that's you right. Know,
1: we all have our authenticity radar, don't we? Yeah. We really all do.
2: Yeah. So if you see that for what it is Yeah. and if you notice that in yourself oh, yeah. when it happens, Then you can start heading towards more more centre, yeah, more centred.
1: Great. So loving, so genuine love for self, yeah, is not about egotistical behaviours. It it would be none of that. It would just be I'm actually confident enough to assert my my position, yeah, and and care for yours as well. That's it. At the same time,
2: because I see you as an equal, an equal to me, equally important to me,
1: yeah,
2: and, and I am important. Yeah. And you're important. Yeah. Yeah, it's not ego. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How beautiful, Johnny.
2: Mm, it's very cool.
1: I've really enjoyed this episode. Oh, good. Me I, too. I've, I've absolutely loved it.
2: Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I actually, uh, Just before we go, I've actually got a tattoo Yeah, with um, Corinthians. And it sounds like I'm a religious person. I'm not. I just really love the, I uh, love is. Yes.
3: Uh,
2: you know, Corinthians 13, 1 to 13. which Yes. Is, uh, love is patient, love is kind, love is. Yes. Yeah, that, not selfish, That's giving. Yes. Full of hope. And that is a great... Uh, reminder. Reminder to me um, to be unconditionally loving of myself and all others. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's beautiful. It's yes. a lovely tattoo. I see it regularly. Yes,
2: yeah, it's, it's on my bum. No, no it's not. <laughs> it's on my shoulder. It's on my shoulder. Okay.
0: <laughs> I love you,
1: Johnny.
2: You too.
0: <laughs> Bye, all. Bye. Thanks for listening to Ordinary People, Extraordinary Connections with Leanne and John. Connect with us via Facebook at Fortitude at Work. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show. See you next time.